Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. As usual, I am buried in show prep as my in-studio guest is Dr. Marcus Bachman. And there, you cannot over-prepare when it comes to having him in studio. We're going to have a, a full hour with him. If you have a question or a concern, let us know what it is. Send a text to 877-933-2484. We're going to talk about his tan, for starters. That won't last long. But then we're going to jump into a topic just to get things started, the mindset that makes it hard to admit you're wrong. Because if you don't ever do that, you will not seek forgiveness or reconciliation and have a healed relationship. Let me take 60 seconds and then I'll bring on Marcus. Faith Radio has been a trusted voice for over seven decades, sharing the good news of the gospel, lifting up the name of Jesus, and helping listeners grow in their faith. While our mission has remained the same, our impact has grown through AM and FM radio signals across the upper Midwest and Hartford, reaching additional listeners online and on the app and on demand. And it's your prayer and financial support that equip us in this mission. So join the team and keep Faith Radio going strong by making a gift today at MyFaithRadio.com. If you're new to Faith Radio, welcome. We're a media ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul, and connecting faith to life is our focus each and every day bringing you relevant Bible preaching, family-focused teaching, and compelling conversations to encourage and inspire you in your faith journey. Fresh content and show podcasts are available every single day online at our website, and you can get a schedule of our programs or request a free welcome packet by going to our website at myfaithradio.com. back with Dr. Marcus Bachman. Go to counselingcare.us. That is, you can go find him there. His uh, colleagues as well, amazing staff over there, including a son who is a psychiatrist. And he's brilliant as well. But uh, Marcus, welcome, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's nice to be with you, Bill. Thanks for having me back. Well, let's dig into that suntan. You were just in Mexico for a couple of weeks. <laughs> And let's just say the sun must have been out because you've got that healthy glow happening. You know, I, I, yes, I, I appreciate having I tan easily. And, you know, it's, it's fun to be out in the sun. And I appreciated the opportunity. It's always good to be back to Minnesota again. Yeah, I agree. And your, your heritage is Swiss? A hundred percent I did not Swiss. know that until today. My, my parents immigrated from Switzerland, got <sighs> nice. uh, married in Switzerland, and then on their honeymoon, they came over and they've been, they lived in Wisconsin ever since. Okay. But it's uh, nice to be able to spend time in the sun and not fry. <laughs> is that a, that's an issue for you, oh, right? Oh, never. It, and, and it was a one-time experience. We call it trauma, right? Oh, yeah. I had legendary sunburns Ooh. as a kid. You know, the sunscreen didn't exist, you know. Yeah. We, yeah. Had, we had mop and glow. That's what yeah. you put on. <laughs> well. And you would just have to break yourself in. You'd go out the first day and you'd be in the sun for three hours thinking this is fun. And then you would just have listers. You know, how we deal with trauma is... 
encouraging that person <laughs> one small step at a time. Yeah. So you could start off with 10 minutes in the sun. I could. Eventually, you could work yourself up to an hour, and you could have that healthy glow that you yeah, are envious. Not going to happen. <laughs> well, I guess you've made up your mind. Yes. It's turned me into an Abbott endorsement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, I, how was the vacation? Restorative? Did it help? Oh, I was loved, it good? I, I loved it. It was great. Uh, well, Speak watching. about vacations. You know, I just think everybody needs to have a vacation. You don't have to go to Mexico. You can go. I I, I love the um, Arboretum. I love uh, going to uh, uh, St. Paul's Conservatory. Um, I, I think there is so much you can do, which even for those that want to feel like they're in Florida and go to uh, the indoor water parks. There's a lot of choices with families, single people, that it's it's restorative. It gets, typically it takes two or three days from my book mm-hmm. to feel like you're on vacations. But, you know, it's still worth having an extended weekend vacation and just slowing down the pace and please, please, please put down the phone as much as possible. Enjoy each other and re- um, reestablish some things that you and the Lord need to talk about. Yeah. It is restorative. And then what about uh, the the how you spend time on vacation? Do you do you sleep more? Do you nap? Do you walk? Do you read? What what do you do that you find that's extra helpful? I am surprised how much I slept. Yeah. I, I, I almost thought, is there something wrong with me? And I realized, well, part of it was being out in the sun. But that's tiring. That, that's a lot of work, you know. Laying out in the I'm sun is exhausting. You, this tan is a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but it's worth be, having the souvenir to take home so people can talk about it. So I, I think that, yes, reading was, was, was very important to me and resting and slowing down. And actually, I love the word pondering, mm. thinking, pondering about life and what am I doing and how am I relating to people. Pondering on vacation is a gift. Yeah, I agree. Because otherwise we live in a complete execute mode, don't we? It's yeah. execute, execute, execute. It's always something. When do you have time to ponder? To do, to do, to do. Yeah. And that and that pondering is 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 helping us being, and who are we, and the process of being yeah. in our relationship with Christ. Plus, it gives you time to dream about what you might do for the Lord too. Yes. And just to get alone with God and try and, to find some space and some margin. I I think we work ourselves to the bone, and then we can't figure out why, how we talk to each other is is always in these busy and stressed terms. Yes. There's a, there's, you know, I have to say, I think millennials have a lot uh, to teach us about. They have slowed down, and in some ways they have realized the gift and the importance of just hanging out. Yeah. I think there's something to that in, in relationship. And, you know, obviously that should happen on vacation, but the real life should have that as a part of us being also. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. And it's it's good to hear God has these wonderful, adventurous, positive plans in our life. And if we can't hear, then how can we do and become? Mm-hmm. Did you did you come home with a new thought, a nugget, uh, something that you're you're looking at a second time? You know, I I have decided as a grandfather how much more I want to invest in my grandchildren. Nice. I, I I made some mistakes as we all have in the first round with our kids, and the good news is that's all okay. But I think I can do even um, differently with my grandkids, and I really have given some good thought on uh, some of my outings 
and some of the adventures that I get to have with my kids. And I, I bet you're looking forward to time around uh, the pool this summer. Yes. Might I say that <laughs> might be something you're looking forward to? Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> I, I've, I've already thought about which inflatable toys we're going to have. Nice. So, you know, the nice thing about being grandpa and adults, you get to be a kid again when you have grandkids. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a blast. And so, yes, that's one of the things I was pondering. Among other things, you know, the businesses uh, with our Christian ministry at the Counseling Care, there's a lot of things that I think God wants us to um, be uh, aware of how to meet people's needs because that's the that's the, the ministry that we um, are honored to be in. So we're I've, I've given some strong thought about how we can better meet the needs of people that are hurting. Yeah, Marcus, I'm guessing a lot of people are coming in with a lot of anxiety. I know there's a lot of anxiety in the world right now, especially with the coronavirus and the, all the news that we're hearing all the time. It's important how we respond to it, isn't it? It is. It is the topic of the day. Uh, we have schools that are closing. We have Costco and all the other Sam's Clubs that are running out of hand sanitizer is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is absolutely becoming a culture of anxiety about yeah. the topic. And God hasn't called us to that, Bill. I think God wants us to be wise and smart, and it's great to get the medical advice. But it's also, we have to go on living with our lives and doing it in a way that is not filled with anxiousness. Mm-hmm. And we, as Christians, should have be an example to those that are becoming so, um, what I would call, outrageously anxious about this topic. Yeah, being cautious is wise, right? Yes. But to have this anxiety is not. That's right. And you're not living with any anxiety over this, are you? No, I... I, I, I haven't made any changes. I'm I'm continuing. I've got a few trips I've got to go on, and I've got several conferences here in the Twin Cities, and I expect uh, to be there without any hesitation. Um, I will bring my hand sanitizer. Not but, a bad you know, idea. And uh, maybe some Clorox wipes to wipe some things down, but I'm not going to go crazy. I'm just going to do some, some uh, logical um, um, things to... Uh, do some self-care. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the update on the vacation. I'm always a fan of hearing about other people's vacations. <laughs> now, Bill, why don't we talk about you? Well, I would love to, but we've got to go to break. You know, the, your timing is awful, Marcus. Oh, sure. Hey, you just asked right me after, minutes okay, earlier. Right after break. No, because i got a subject we got to cover when we come back. Marcus Bachman is my guest. If you have a question or a concern, let us know what it is. 877-93-FAITH. 877-933-24. 84. We'll be right back. <laughs> Just so you know, I've got a relationship counselor in the house. That means you can call with any questions. You can remain anonymous. I will ask on your behalf, 877 933 84. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. You can go learn about him at counselingcare.us. So, Marcus, the subject I had that I wanted to get started with today is this whole mindset that makes it hard to admit you're wrong. Now, I see it all over the news. It happens on both sides of the political aisle where people will say something they would like to take back, but they hardly ever admit to being wrong. Um, and then if you're never admitting to being wrong in your personal relationships, 
you're hard to be around, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is um, unfair to do that on a professional level, including politics or any other profession you're in, because that creates a work environment that uh, pretty much is strenuous, and um, no one can do anything wrong then, because uh, if if the boss can't admit to his own mistakes, um, it's it's often the uh, the rest that have difficulty with that. But on a personal level. Yeah, let's face it. What uh, what could be tougher um, to be married to, to have a roommate, to have a relationship with someone, to have a family member that does not admit they're wrong? That's that's stressful. Mm-hmm. That that's that's so uncomfortable in the sense of how, how do I have a relationship with you? Uh, I I can't I can't understand. I can't connect. Uh, with anyone who has uh, lives this way of, I am always right. As a matter of fact, it becomes quite annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just. I, 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 I think that we have to understand why would a person be that way, and I think we have to go no further than uh, you know. Sometimes it, 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 it comes from a childhood of being raised, and they were never given permission. To do wrong, and that develops an incredible shame approach toward living. When you really think of shame versus guilt, there's some real keys to why someone cannot admit they're wrong. Because if I admit I'm wrong, then I'm shamed. I feel wrong myself. You see, there's a world of difference between I did something wrong and I am wrong. There's something wrong with me internally, and that is a powerful. A force that that people have when they uh, don't want to admit that they've done wrong. Mm-hmm. What about when you don't want to admit wrong in the face of overwhelming evidence? Well, uh, that's classic uh, deception. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. You know, I mean, I I really do believe Satan has his hands on us when we cannot see truth, when we not, cannot see the light before us, even when it's presented to us, even in the court of law, over and over and over, we, they have the evidence, you did this, buddy, and the person says, I'm, I'm not guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is a clouded deception of a mind, uh, covering their eyes, not being able to hear and see truth. Uh, Obviously, that's a pretty dangerous position to have. But the overall sense of just, you know, not admitting, having a very hard time admitting faults, uh, I I, I don't know how uh, harsh it could get uh, for a child having to have a father or mother in that kind of a position. We learn a great deal by, oh, you, you've made mistakes, Bill? Oh, you uh, have, have admitted to me as a parental um, um, uh, authority figure that you also have, have done these kind of things, that you have sinned? Wow. I get to relate to you. Yeah. Guess what? I get to open up, and I don't have to play that game of pretending I've never made a mistake this is the way it is, and I, and I can't, I, I mean, it's a prison sentence, to be honest with you. 
No. So if you have difficulty admitting you've made a mistake, is it because it might be too threatening for your ego to tolerate? Do you think that maybe I've got a a weak self-esteem or I can't let anyone see me having a fragile ego? Yeah, how sad is that? Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, and really what you're talking about is is pride. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because a lot of times when you look at someone with a fragile ego or fragile self-esteem, there's also the other side to it. It's there's a pride issue. I, I I need to. We're all broken people. We all have sinned. None of us, none of us will ever reach the perfection while we're here on this earth. Um, some do better than others, but you know, I I'm I'm with a group that says, okay, uh, I, I I start my day asking for forgiveness. If I remember at noontime, I'll ask it, and by the end of the day. Lord, I have sinned. <laughs> I have sinned. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there is a beauty, there's a freedom that comes from being able to confess one's sin because he is faithful and just to yeah. forgive us of our sins. Marcus, where does self-awareness come in? If you can't admit to a, a fault, do you have a complete lack of self-awareness? Yeah, often, often there is a tremendous cloud in that way. There's a, there's a real hindrance for someone being, you know, and the sad part is... When someone has been um, uh, given into the lie, and often it doesn't start uh, start that way. I mean, most people have a, a sense of a conscience that says, you know, it's not a good idea to uh, start something with another woman if I'm married or, you know, take something that's not mine or, you know, oh, I, I, I you know, what's a big corporation going to worry if I take a bottle of hand sanitizer this time of year? You know, there's there's all sorts of justification. By the end of the day or the end of the year or the end of the season, the self-awareness is gone. It's like the sin has covered. It, it is a biblical understanding of how it starts slowly. And by the end of that season, men and women have deceived themselves. Mm-hmm. They are not aware. They are often not aware. And what's crazy about that part is they often can be very sincere. I, I, I don't. I didn't know there's anything wrong with that. Ooh, that's tough. That is that is a hardened approach. Mm-hmm. But how does someone? get into the severity of some crimes, the severity of the lies, the severity of thinking it's okay to not be faithful. It is, it is often, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Or, 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 or it may be a little throwback item and says, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Okay. The, so really, I have a problem on the other end because I feel hurt by your actions. Yeah. Okay, shame and guilt. How does that play in? Oh, that's the that's big got, one. That's, those got to be the big ones, right? Those, that's, you know what? I, I, I will say it clearly. There's, there's nothing that I need to have shame about in the sense of, I, you know, if I've, I've done something wrong, and we all will, and we all do by the end of this day, and if I feel that there is something really wrong with me, then, then I come from this whole shame aspect of um, I'm a bad person. 
And you can look at a person's face. I, I can say it in a group of, you know, I've, uh, I have a concern about, uh, I guess I'm on the Corona thing, about uh, <laughs> we, we had six bottles of hand sanitizer and, you know, now only four are left. And even for the one that didn't take it, <laughs> that person could feel really horrible shame because even the idea that maybe, mm-hmm. or if they did do it, they you know what, admit it, just say it, and and pay it back, and you know take care of uh, you know the consequences. But the bottom line is, shame is such an ugly. It is. It is. It is from the pit of hell. Yeah. It gives us a real horribleness about ourselves, and you can see it on their faces. You can see it on their reactions, and often, often they put their head down. Mm-hmm. How? Deep-seated is this? I know we can go back to the Garden of Eden, but just on a personal level, if you have an experience as a child where you're trained to be perfect, yes, right, got to get straight A's, got to be perfect, got to yeah. have your room perfect. So, or, or even Bill, even if it's not being perfect, it's the fact that when you've done wrong, the parent really does talk to you in a demeaning way. Mm. In, in words like, "What's wrong with oh, yeah. you?" So you so, can so, never be wrong again. Then exactly. I, I, I'm I'm a bad I'm a bad child. Yeah, ooh, that sticks with you then. Yes, it does. And that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be a barking dog in your brain all the time. Well, it, it, even it, as an adult, it's a, it's an amazing thing when when you think about. Uh, and I think it's really a good exercise for people to try to remember what is it that they felt shamed about. What is it that they felt or f- feel today, um, and the freedom that they don't have. I just think that self-awareness, I know we were just talking about vacations, and sometimes this is the helpful denominator, is that is that people need to think about, why am I still reacting? Like when I was in fourth grade or mm. when, when mom or dad said this to me, you know, uh, and, and I don't believe, Bill, in getting stuck about blaming our parents and getting stuck about, you know, because <laughs> I think grace needs to be given to our parents too. And, and along with whatever mistakes they made, you know, they had their, 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 their parental consultants of the day or not. And, and so they did some, they could have done some really bad parenting. Sure. But I think we got to move on and we got to get beyond our shame. We got to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. We got to forgive our parents and we got to do it right. And even if we miss a generation, by the time we get to be grandparents, guess what? We get to do it with the next generation or whoever, whoever comes in our line of, of ministry. Yeah. Dr. Marcus Bachman is in the studio as my guest. If you have a question, let us know what it is. We're talking about the mindset that makes it hard to admit you're wrong. Do you have trouble admitting uh, you're wrong when you're wrong? Or do you try to skate and dance around it. Let us know if you have a question or an experience you would like to share with us. You can, of course, remain anonymous. Send the text to 877-93-FAITH, 877-933-2484. Be right back.
I'm so glad to have Dr. Marcus Bachman in the studio talking today um, about the mindset that makes it hard to admit you're wrong. And a listener just jumped in and said, my mindset was to lie or diminish the story. Tell an incident that I did that was wrong to escape either getting in trouble or sugarcoat that incident as well. So it seems like the tendency is to spin, spin it a little bit. You're taking notes, Marcus. Yeah, I just wrote down minimize and sugarcoat, so yeah. don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, that, you know, isn't that isn't that a um, uh, you know we, we if we if we see that model to us and children are so observant of what's around them, uh, whether it's their parents, of course, even their older siblings that they look up to, or um, well, in your case, your sisters. You looked up to them. Yeah. And, and you know, the truth of the matter is, if you saw someone uh, give a white lie, I don't know why it's always called a white lie, but anyway, um, you know, it's, it's, it, we, we, we mimic, mimic that. We think that somehow, well, if they did it, they're right. They're, they're in charge. They know what they're doing. And I'm supposed to look up to them. And, 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 and that all takes 1.2 seconds. So they do the they they'll do the same thing when mm-hmm. they, when they, when they are having to be hit with um, being confronted. Yeah, are there some words that are a little bit more user friendly instead of admit I'm wrong? Acknowledge that there's been something or own what I said um, and it wasn't right. Um, admitting wrong is always seems like to be the real hard thing to do. Just come on and say, look, I was just wrong. When it, when I hear it, I go, that's pretty refreshing. I like it. I, I kind of do too. I, I I think, did you did you just say that? Yes, I was I was wrong. It was wrong for me to do that. I take responsibility. I I think if if someone can, even from a political side, not that we're training politicians here, but if if they could truly just say, uh, you know, as a father to the son to the daughter. Um, I, I didn't know um, that it was wrong back then, the way I, I, I disciplined you. I know now, and I was wrong. Mm. And, I, wow. I, and, and there's no buts. I, you know, the, the, the thing that I really find difficult, if a person could just stop at the apology, the sincere apology, and don't give, well, but, and it, it, it really does a lot of, Unfortunately, it does a lot of canceling mm-hmm. of what I just said. And you're doing so good. You were just so so honest there. And just 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 keep it there. And that's all you need to say. Yeah. Another listener, Marcus, said, I'm newly married, and my husband has trouble admitting he's wrong. When I gently tell him how he hurt my feelings or how I don't like how he talked to me or treated me, he normally gets angry. He, he, he'll ignore me for days. Once he's cooled down, he calmly tells me how I upset him and he doesn't like dealing with emotions. I don't get an apology nor sympathy nor understanding from him. Intimacy is an emotional is an emotional and that's eroding away. I'm not sure what to do or say. I'm not looking for business, but boy, that one looks like it could use a, a few sessions mm-hmm. and not just a, a quickie on the um, here on the radio. That's because they're newly married, too. I know. They want to get on the right track. Yeah, and I appreciate, I really appreciate her desire uh, to resolve and to get to a point here. You know, I, oftentimes we, we have to, when the when the dust settles, it's a better time for us to come back. And, 
you know, he's he's focusing on how his difficulty is on dealing with emotions and, you know, how he felt, um, forgetting about, wait a minute, she's the one that brought up the subject gently and uh, she she gets really what ends up happening there is she gets punished for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I I would just sincerely say um, when it's the dust is settled, um, can we talk about how we both can win here? Can we talk about um, how we both can resolve this? And I'm I'm interested in hearing ways that it would be helpful for you. Would you be willing to hear what would be helpful for me? Now, if the guy says, no, I'm not interested, we really have a problem. But I think most of the time, if you're approached with that, the person will say, yeah. And and then and then you do the active listening. And so tell me what, what, what I want to make sure I heard you and I'll, I'll repeat it. I want to make sure I understood it. And is that what I heard right? And that person can do that. And then it goes the other way around. So there's a lot to be said about when the dust has settled and and approaching it in a non-threatening way uh but this situation sounds like um it would be it would be good for um some quality uh sessions about communication and what's behind all of that mm-hmm. another listener marcus said i struggle with shame from youth that taught me to hide things mm-hmm. that progressed into my marriage i know i'm wrong when i sin but I was so used to hiding. I would hide everything mm. and try to deal with my problems alone. But I finally found healing in James 5, confessing my sin and working through it with fellow believers, especially my wife. Uh, well, there's good news in that story, isn't there? Yeah, really. really that's, that's wonderful to hear. But I think, you know, um, he's talking about uh, the power of shame. I, 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 I think that is, and it started at an early age. Uh, and I think that um, there is uh, th- there is an incredible amount of uh, how we view ourselves, how we view life, how we have our um, and, and Satan would love love for this to continue in our life to ca- have a stronghold on us, to keep us in a box, to not let us see that there is freedom. In, in the the fact that Satan is the one that is of shame. Satan's the one mm-hmm. that wants us to understand that there is desperately something wrong with us. Well, wait a minute. If my, my brother and sister on my left and my brother and sister on my right, we all make mistakes, they make mistakes, and they can f- confess, so can I. And they're, they're, th- then we, we understand that, okay, I'm in a community of people that authentically, openly, honestly confess that they have also made mistakes. There's freedom in that, Bill. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there a possibility that some people think, uh, if I never admit fault, I will always appear stronger? I know that's not true, yeah. but it can be a mindset that yeah. men in particular have because yeah. it says I'm, I'm this wall of strength, and, and I don't admit fault because... I make good decisions and I carry them out. Yeah, I come back to, I, I, today I'm crediting millennials. Um, I think millennials have have um, moved in a different direction. I think there's a lot of, um, listen, there's there's plenty of wrongdoing in every generation and and, and strongholds and, and 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 blockages. But I think I think millennials have have, have figured out more. Um, hey, why 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 would we pretend? 
that our house has to look perfect. Let's be a lot more relaxed about life. You know, when I have company come over, Bill, I'm just telling you, it has been vacuumed. And there is this house that looks pretty, pretty good. And I keep thinking, I kind of like this millennial approach toward be just cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and relaxed more. Yeah. And you know what? I, 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 I'm not perfect. My house isn't perfect. You know, you're not perfect. You don't have to be. Yeah. And, and, and we don't have to ask the first question that we do for most people. Well, what do you do for a living so we can judge you on, you know, <laughs> yeah. how much money you make and what career? And, and by the way, where did you get your your education from and, and how far did you go? And, you know, a lot of that is is at least more relaxed yeah. with millennials. I, I, I'm i sorry. I don't know how I got into No, it's funny. I, I've said this before on air, but, you know, I lived in a place for 23 years. And when I sold it, the realtor essentially said to me, you have to make this look like you don't live here. <laughs> You know, yes. <laughs> which was very That's difficult. Staging? Well, it's something like that, yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, you talk about just being relaxed and letting people come over and just see you however yeah. you are kind of thing, you know. And isn't that the same with our mistakes? Totally. And, you know, if, 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 if yeah. as, as a man, I can't say I've ever done anything or I'm, I do all things so right, you know. Oh, yeah. That, that not only is appealing to me at this point on the other side, uh, listen, I'm not saying that I don't get caught up into it because pride, pride is is the essential ingredient behind, you know, most of this. Mm-hmm. And so it can catch me like it can catch anybody else. Yeah. But but there's a whole freedom yeah. um, coming on the other side that you and I have, you know, put our pants on the same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the mindset that makes it difficult to admit being wrong, because maybe if you do, you're going to have to face retaliation. That doesn't sound like fun. Ooh, oh. Do you think about re- that? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I guess the well, question is, I always have to ask the question, uh, it sounds like we're giving a lot of power to the person who's retaliating. Uh, and I'm not convinced, I mean, obviously I know the particulars of this situation, but I'm not convinced that that person should be given that much power. I mean, if, obviously, if they cross the line with us physically, we're going to get retaliation. Then we say, uh, I'm not there anymore. I, I'm out of here, you know. But um, easier said than done. But the truth of the matter is, uh, if, if you don't like me, if you're going to get upset with me, that's your problem. And, and I, I will put some restrictions. I'll put some boundaries up. But I'm not going to give you that kind of power. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I like that, as a matter yeah. of fact. All right, what about the idea that... Um, you might uh, just fear losing somebody. Okay, if I admit I'm wrong, uh-oh, what if you just decide to go away? You know, that's what keeps people in relationships sometimes for years, mm-hmm. in a bad relationship, in a bad friendship. And, um, and, and, and I get whether it's in a, it's in a, and I have to be careful here as being a Christian. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating for divorce uh, but I also can say that um, you don't want fear to rule in a in a in a marriage situation because the, one person makes the money and I'm dependent on that, and so I have to take all of this from him or her. Mm-hmm. And it can go either him or her too, by the way. But the so 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 I think that we have to be really mindful uh, again of giving um, not that kind of power. And we have choices. We may have the choice of, you know, if you're going to talk to me that way, 
I'm 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 walking into another room at mm-hmm. least. I mean, there's a lot of different steps you can take for it, depending on what's happening. Yeah, is pride and stubbornness synonyms? Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I, I go this, ahead. I mean, the stubborn part. I mean, that's that's got to be a, a big problem. Yeah, I want to be careful because you know. <laughs> We can be real stubborn being Viking fans and, and never, <laughs> never moving away from that. So I don't know. And is that pride? I think there's some pride in there too. But I think I think there is there's the the you know certain uh, there are consequences of 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 deeper um, stubbornness and deeper pride. If 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 a stubborn person you know which is different if you're convicted if you have a conviction that. Um, I I I I am going to remain faithful. It's a good stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're stubborn because you know what, I I just want it my way, and and I find in relationships there's so much that is not worth the battle. I mean, really, really, does it matter if you go to one restaurant over the other or if you spend, you know, I mean, there's a there's certainly a voice that you have to have and you get to, but there's a whole lot that is not worth the battle. And But if one person is being – has a theme of stubbornness, oh, um, I don't think it's worth on the other side of that to continuously give in to that either. Mm-hmm. So there, there's got to be both sides of that bill. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think we have to be mindful because if we're allowing sin, stubbornness – to rule in our lives, um, I'm not doing you any favors by not uh, lovingly confronting you. Yeah. Boy, that's such good wisdom. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest, and I'm awfully glad he's here. It's perfect timing. If you have a question, we've probably got time for a couple more questions. 877-93-FAITH is the text line. We'll be right back. Dr. Marcus Bachman, counselingcare.us is his website, counselingcare.us. We're talking about the mindset that says, I have a hard time admitting I'm wrong. So, Marcus, there's a couple people who are in a relationship and they might be both a little bit wrong, but they're reluctant to uh, offer that olive branch. Um, Who goes first? Who's uh, going to initiate the healing process? I I, I do. You do. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's the best answer. Well, I, I agree. Well, but, but you know, I mean, what what you know? It's the sad part about that is people who wait, and then they get entrenched more with their frustrations and their hurt. And once they get entrenched with their hurt, you know, uh, again, what happens is people get confused because they they don't. It's it's like uh, this is classic. Listen. If if I ask a couple what what stuck point they had this last week, they got into a big fight. Then I ask, them, what was the fight about? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> they don't, they, you what? You don't remember it because it's so clouded over, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think uh, be the first, you know, big boy here and all big girl here. Yeah. Just just put on your big boy pants and big girl pants and let's go. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about it. And and I I think. 
I really think the new sexy should be humility. And uh, it's not catching on in the culture, that's for sure. But I, I just believe... I, I love to see a humble man and a humble woman, and they are attractive beyond words. They 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 attract me because I love their spirit. Yeah, I love um, I I love the truth that they bring into the conversation, and in a relationship, I I I can relate to someone who's that kind of, that that real, and I, it it is a pure reflection to me of who Jesus is, who Jesus is. Hmm. What about if you've got a narcissist in in your life, and not only do they not admit they're wrong, but they'll usually take and twist the argument around and around until they've turned it back on you and then shown you how you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, Bill, I think we overuse the thing uh, called narcissism. (laughs) Yes, I do. I believe we do. We talked about that (laughs) earlier. we did. We did. Out in the hallway. Uh, I, I think we have to be very—it doesn't take a narcissist to do that. It, it takes someone who doesn't want to, and that's where I would ask the question, you know, I, I know you're really busy talking about and turning this in a way that, you know, you're accusing me, and I'm really okay about taking responsibility. I, I really am. Let's Let's talk about me then. But let's also talk about you, and let's talk about us, and you know what— you know what, Bob? What if we talk about getting to resolve? Because I want a better relationship with you. I want to get along with you. I want to live with you at peace. And I don't want to get stuck. Uh, it, it isn't about A, who's wrong, and then I'm you know, the bad person. Let's talk about how we can do this better. And And, and if this hopefully doesn't sound threatening, here goes. You know, intelligent people, um, successful people figure this out, that um, we don't need to get stuck about um, and, and not say and not and not figure this out as far as who's wrong. Mm-hmm. Marcus, talk about bravery. How much of it do you need to, to admit to your mistakes? Oh, do I love that statement? Wow. Someone actually texted that in. Wow. No, I just came up with that idea. That oh, was Bill. my question. Yeah, oh, that was Bill. me. Was that, yeah. Well, I shouldn't give you all that credit, <laughs> but boy, that's good. You know, that, that, that is such a key because it's, it's exactly what we're talking about. It says, um, not only am I, am I humble, but, you know, the, 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 the point of it is um, I'll take a risk because the relationship is worth taking that risk. And, and it, there's no question that... We all have relationships out there that maybe we haven't talked to that person for a long, long period of time, and, and, and we're just afraid. We, we don't know how they're going to take it. We don't know how their response is. And, and it does take, um, by God's grace, give us courage to make that phone call, mm-hmm. to text that person. I prefer to see them in person, by the way, because I think in person it works much better. But I'll tell you, even if it takes the first step of 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 emailing, uh, that's a start of bravery, and 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 I, I do believe that God has called us to be at peace, especially when it comes to uh, our community, our family, our marriage, our relationships. I I just think God has called us, and it's a brave thing to do is to take. There's a there there is a risk. It may not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that person who is uh, always faulted us, well, hey, 
you know, Bob called again. Here's another chance I can <laughs> hammer him down. That that is that is a real chance. Mm-hmm. But but it's not about the the end result. It's about the process of being uh, doing what's right and having the humility and the bravery to do it. All right. What if you don't take responsibility for your faults? And it might be related to the fact that you are emotionally immature and possibly even lack some social skills, like you never really learned how to do it growing up. Yeah, boy, this is a great place to go to college and have a roommate and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and, and have some foster kids and and invite them in your home. And, you know, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's, it's a good there, there are so many opportunities for us to to grow up, and 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 what's what's concerning to many of us out there is that that media, social media, has held back people's social skills. They do not know how to carry a good conversation on. They do not know how to take care of conflict resolve, and so we have some real hindrances. But the good news is. We can we can limit the use of our phones and Facebook and all of those things, and we really can have real conversations. And every church has community groups. Every church typically has a a small group, a Bible study of sorts, that there's conversation and relationships that are being built. And all of that can then be um, matured in our life regarding our emotional immaturity. Mm-hmm. Aren't mistakes the building block for growth? Isn't that the foundation of how you improve in life? Well, boy, you're taking, Bill, you are really working at taking away shame because you're right. You're right. It It is, it takes away from, you know what? I will make mistakes today. Mm-hmm. And, and and everyone else will. Mm-hmm. So So if we understand that that's okay and that is important for us to grow, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm a little stuck on my grandkids, but, you know, I have one that's just starting to walk and I can't tell you how many times she's fallen. <laughs> and uh, it's just the way it is. It, it's until you develop, you're going to make um, some tough, tough, um, uh, you're going to have some falls along the way. It's all right. It has to be. It absolutely has to be understood that that's normal. And if we think we can bypass that, then we are prideful. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make about your mistakes is hiding it. Yes, yes. And shame is all about, as in the Garden of Eden, hiding. It didn't get them anywhere. Yeah. It cost all of us a great deal. I think there's a whole lot of women that would say, I wish childbirth wasn't the way it was. And there's a whole lot of men that say and women that say, do I have to go to work today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had it all. Yeah. How, Marcus, how do you have a conversation with someone who probably needs to admit to a fault, a mistake, a, a, a wrongdoing that no one would argue with? And you've stepped out on a marriage kind of thing. I mean, no one's going to say, eh, you know, maybe that's not so wrong. Everyone would say, across the board, wrong, right? How, how, do, how do I talk to that person? Well, when you want to have... Uh, a restored relationship, reconciliation, but they don't really come out and say what I did was wrong. Yeah. 
That's a tough one. Well, I do. I, you know, you're right. And, and the way that I know, the best way that I know how to handle that is you build a relationship with that person. You get to know them. You, they get to trust you. Um, they, they know that you are sincere and you genuinely care. And, and once that relationship has been built, then, um, then, I, then I gently uh, walk in. And there's no question that somewhere along the line, um, truth has to be presented in a loving way. Uh, but I think that if if truth is just presented without a relationship built, it's going to be really tough to reach that person, mm-hmm. to have them at all consider, oh, wait a minute, you know. The, 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 the one thing that I, 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 I put different hats on, when, when a couple comes to me and they've, if, if they've made a decision that they're divorcing, um, and I'll, I'll do my best to fight for marriages, but you know there's obviously there's situations where people decide that that's their that's their decision and if they f- either minimize how hurtful this is for the kids or if they're doing yelling in front of the kids for instance i will simply put a dad hat on and say you know this isn't acceptable mm-hmm. you cannot do this and i will speak to them in a way not shaming but strong yeah Marcus, so glad you could make it in today. Thank you for getting out of your vacation mode, back into your work mode. It's been great having you here. Blessings to you and your family. Dr. Marcus Bachman has been my guest. You can head over to counselingcare.us, counselingcare.us, to learn more about him and his services. That wraps up Hour 1. Hour 2 is just ahead. Beverly Canaris is going to be in studio. We're going to be talking about prayer. It'll be great. Be back in a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.